Hello everyone, welcome to Just Getting By, episode 58, for Monday the 19th of December 2011. My name is Craig Jones and I am joined as always by Chemslave. Hello Chemslave. Howdy. How are you doing uh, for the third time this Monday, this beautiful Monday day? It sucks. <laughs> yeah, you know, what really sucks is my delivery today. This is the third time we've had to uh, record this intro. But you know what, Chemslave, that's fine. Because today is a special day. You know oh why? Oh my god, no. It's a special day because this is the first day out of three that you and I will be doing a special on the state of the school in America. And by oh. the... Hmm? Oh, I thought it was something fun and special. Oh, yeah. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but this is not fun. As a matter of fact, this is going to be a very depressing series of shows. Um, but this is going to be a special, which means uh, this isn't going to really be t um, news-related. Not going to be a whole lot of up-to-date, uh, you know, news items in the delicious feed for the show. Uh, Some but it, were even ancient, like from 2004 and 2008. That's right. But the uh, the thing is, you know, th this is uh, Christmas week. Christmas Eve is Saturday. Uh, Christmas is Sunday. I know a lot of you won't be listening. Uh, Chemslave and I certainly have better things to be doing with our time around that time than record. So uh, we have specials instead. Uh, because we don't want to be recording on Christmas and because... Uh, there's no news around this time. Uh, it seemed like a good idea to do specials. So, here we are. This is special number one on education, broken up into three days. We will be focusing on curriculum today. But, you know, we'll just go where the conversation takes us. But Wednesday, we'll, you know, we'll try and focus on uh, health issues. And Friday will be social issues, all to do with the school. And you can look forward to our second special next week. Uh, on, uh, what was that, Chemslave? What are we doing um, next week? Food! Food, Yummy. yes. And not, uh, and not necessarily food as in uh, what kind of food uh, to eat in a, a certain city or something, but how, uh, where that food comes from um, and the, the state of the food industry in America. That's also going to be a depressing uh, special. You know what, Chemslave? The next special that we do, like the third one that we do at some point, we have no idea when, it's got to be a little less depressing. Huh. How about the, the state of religion in the, in this, on, the, on the world? That's also depressing. That might be the most depressing one of all, actually. And I'm out of ideas. Uh, that's fine. All right, so let's get started then. So, uh, you know, Chemslave, uh, you and I both uh, went to school in the Pennsylvania public school system. And uh, we were both fortunate enough to uh, live in suburban districts, uh, not any inner city schools or anything. Uh, while we both can nitpick about uh, various things that our schools did stupidly, uh, d did wrongly. I have um, a list. Oh, I'm, I have a list too. Uh, overall, we both uh, were, you know, in the main, well served by our time. But that doesn't mean that we haven't observed some very disturbing trends in the news over the past few months, and in our own observations, both at our schools and in talking to other people and, and, and just getting a sense of how the, the, the trend is, is going. Now, uh, to give you some background, Kemslave graduated from college uh, last calendar year in uh, 2010, and I just graduated uh, a couple of days ago uh, from college. So we we are uh, four and five years removed from high school, but it's still you know, you know high school and and middle school and elementary school you know grade school was obviously a big part of our lives, a formative part of our lives, and um, it's uh, at least for me still a fresh mem memory. I think uh, Kemslave, you can probably say the same. Yeah, I have um, some news from my school that I I know because I know someone who has a little a kid there, so. Oh, okay, good, good. So you're really plugged in. I can't, I can't really say that. I haven't spoken to many people in the in the uh, Danville school system, which is where I live, um, since I graduated. So I don't really know. 
But I do know what I witnessed, so let's uh, let's get started. Today is going to be about curriculum, as I said before. Uh, so, Kemsay, let me ask you to get started. Um, go back to grade school. And by grade school, I, I mean, like, you know, elementary school time now. Oh, boy. You're making me think hard. I am, I'm going to make you think hard. Now, uh, what do you recall about what they taught you, they being the teachers? Uh but what did they want to emphasize? What did they de-emphasize? And did you think the uh, curriculum they gave you was uh, a strong, challenging curriculum? Or did you think it was one meant to shuffle you along the grades? <sighs> okay, this is going to be one of those things. All in all, I think in elementary school, I probably mostly got a pretty good... um had started into the education, in my education. They taught me how to count, how to read. I was, like, even in, like, first grade, I was told I was had a really high, like, um, level, like, reading level. Truthfully, I, from what I remember, a lot of it was, like, in the beginning, we did the whole Christopher Columbus, learning the colors in Spanish, which... And counting in Spanish, don't even ask me who, um, other than Cinco something, I don't know. Uno, dos, tres, that's only I know numbers I know. Um, Cuatro, cinco, seis, siete, ocho, um, nuevo, diez, ocho, cinco. I'm sorry, I don't speak Spanish, Greg. Neither do I. I just have a better memory than you, I guess. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm just ribbing you. Go, Go on. Um, truthfully, I don't remember much from elementary school. <laughs> well, the reason why I ask was, and, and you actually touched on what I, I'm going to be mentioning. When you said that at a very young age, you said first grade, I think, they identified you as uh, being, you know, relatively uh, advanced in terms of uh, your reading ability. Um, oh, that's another thing I want to rant about. Well, I can't say... Kem Slave, you've known me for uh, we're approaching four years now, I think. Oh God, yes. I, I, I'm pretty sure now. And okay. if one thing you've learned about me is that uh, I tend to be a little bit bookish at times. I I, I have a, a, a capacity. I, I have a mastery of the English language that some people just don't have. Uh, I I can I, I read at a relatively high level, in my opinion. And I uh, I uh, write and I speak relatively well. Um, would you agree with that? Um, yes. It w- and uh, most people would too. Now that has no bearing on intelligence. I don't I don't mean to say that I'm in some way smart or anything. I think I am, but that's not because of being able to read and write. Everybody has their strengths and weaknesses. Um, but when I was in first grade, because I talked funny. And by the way, you can still hear um, shadows of that in, in my speech pattern today. Uh, if I say something funny, if it sounds like I have a bit of a mush mouth at times, I'm working through uh, a, a speech impediment. But it was very bad when I was young. And uh, toward, in my middle school and high school years, it actually sounded like I had a British accent. I had a very British uh, twinge to my... Uh, uh, my dialect, and Stewie? even it, what was it? Were you Stewie? I was. Stu- I, I can't. I cannot do a Stewie. I can't do it. But no, I, unfortunately, I, I didn't have that Rex Harrington kind of uh, accent. That would have been awesome. Um, but even in college, I had it too. I've only recently been able to really walk away from that a little bit. But anyway, it, when I was in first grade, uh, they put me in remedial reading. Uh, and this was especially bad for my parents because my mother was a reading specialist who uh, taught who taught remedial reading oh, in elementary schools, and she was devastated because she she felt that I, she in some way failed me or something. And my father was an English teacher at the high school level before he became a principal. So again, I had reading all around me. Uh, growing up, and uh, I, they still placed me in remedial reading. But the thing was, I did fantastically well. They, uh, I loved. We had little vocab games. We had little. They'd give us little laminated 
uh, cards with like a, a, a vocabulary word and how to say it phonetically. And uh, I would always, I'd like memorize them. I'd always get them all right in terms of what they meant and even to how to spell them. And I was light years beyond any of my other students in the class. Uh, I was ob it was obvious that I shouldn't have been in, in remedial reading. But I stayed in there. They, they pigeonholed me into that that uh, that mindset that I'm obviously poorly developed in terms of my uh, linguistic skills because I've got a speech impediment. Uh, so that's uh, that, that that's a, a stark uh, example of how the public school system is broken in this country. People like me who, uh, if anything, should have been in remedial math. Hell, I still should be in remedial math. <laughs> uh, they, they put me in remedial reading. And uh, they treated me like I was in some way uh, almost disabled for a couple years. And uh, I, was, I was anything but. Well, I have something to add to this when you're done. Well, I'm, I'm basically wrapping up that exact story. So go ahead. Uh, what do you want to say? Well... My parents are Polish immigrants, and English to me was a second language. So every year, this condescending bitch of a woman would um, get me like out of class, and in this condescending way, bring out these like little pictograms and ask me to describe what's happening in the pictures, and read these really simple like sentences. Well, because your your English is your second language, you need to be sure that you speak correctly and stuff. Now, let me ask you: uh, Were you compared to the other students in your class at whatever age that was? Were you um, speaking English at a comparable level? Um, other than maybe kindergarten, even then, I probably was I, I was speaking at a comparable level. I was. I understood everything. I was speaking in um, full sentences. I there was you could not tell the difference between me and 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 Bob or Joe in, in the next um, seat over from me. Well, that goes into a second question I was going to ask you. So you didn't have an accent. You didn't have a Polish accent. No. One of the greatest things to happen to um to uh, in my opinion, like kids like me is Sesame Street, um, Barney. I hate that stupid dinosaur, but it was great. Mr. Rogers. Even, like, the kids' shows, like, uh, little kids' like cartoon shows, like Inspector Gadget. I, I'd plop down in front of the TV, I'd watch it, and by first, and, like, I probably, by the first week or two of, of kindergarten, I was speaking English really well. It's just, sort of, I just had to get all that um whatever i saw on tv all the like alphabet and stuff like sort of switched around in my brain so i was like okay hey, this is english i need to speak this now and i was good to go see that's fascinating to me because i've always been terrible at, at uh, languages so i can't even imagine the the natural ability you must have had um to be able to do that but also it, that is almost the exact same case that i had in terms of you, because of a pre-existing issue, you uh, not an issue, that, but because of a pre-existing uh, fact of life, you coming from a Polish uh, uh, background, and your, your, your parents actually speaking Polish in the household, uh, they, they automatically assumed that you would not be as good a speaker of English as your fellow students. When I guarantee you, I'm sure you probably can corroborate this. There are people in your class <laughs> that deserved the help a lot more than you. Uh, yeah, um, several, <laughs> several from pretty, um, pretty um, nice households. No, maybe not, not um, as like high school principals and stuff, but parents who were highly educated that their kids were just dunces. Hey, hey by, by the way, I, I don't, I'm, I know you didn't mean that to be like. Uh, uh, you privileged, uh, you know, sob. No. But uh, but you know, Andrew, most uh, most high school principals are not paid uh, that much. You know, maybe uh, high sixties, those seventies. Well, I'm not. Uh, I'm not trying to say privileged as in, um, 
affluent sort of i'm sort of sort of saying like parents with like high educations and stuff who, oh, okay who, who could sort of push their kids into different a different direction um than reg, uh, some regular joe who um works like um construction or um or in a coal mine all day yeah yeah all right yep and, and uh it's exact same with me uh I, there are people in my class that needed uh, you know, uh, to help reading a lot more than me. And they eventually corrected that mistake. I was in third grade, and they took me out after a few weeks of that. So I was in there for about two years and a couple of weeks. Um, basically, that, uh, that's an, uh, an aspect. That, that, that's just, those are just two situations that happened to us, and we didn't really coordinate this at all. So that was just two random examples of us being very ill-served by the school system because they clung to ideas that were outmoded, that were just incorrect. Now, overall, I have to agree with you, though. My elementary school, uh, with the possible exception of my math, of my math uh, instruction, the elementary area of my education was pretty, you know, pretty good. We did some pretty advanced uh, science and uh, grammar. Uh, grammar. We uh, they made us do music, and we got a pretty rounded education. Um, but middle school for me is when everything fell apart in terms of my education. Uh, Kim Save, oh, I don't know what it was like in your high school. Uh, did you have a middle school or did you have a junior senior high school or, uh, um, it was a junior senior high school. Okay. Uh, yeah, my, my school district was, uh, just big enough that it, it really did need a, a separate middle school. So, um, a middle school, for those of you who might not know, is, uh, one elementary school grade, that's sixth grade, and then two uh, junior high grades, uh, seventh and eighth grade. And then the high school then would have nine through 12. Whereas junior senior high schools typically just have the secondary grades, seven through 12. And then sometimes you have a junior high, seven, eight, nine, and a high school senior high, uh, nine, uh, 10, 11, 12. So de school districts of varying sizes. Uh, do various things, but I, you know, uh, I had a, a middle school, and that was the worst time in my academic career. Uh, this was when we really started to get into the political correctness issue. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, talking about how Columbus uh, infected the Indians and uh, spread syphilis to everybody, and basically wiped them out, and the global warming, and uh, the the bullying and uh, sexual harassment and, you know, things like that. Um, this th this was when my eyes started to open a little bit politically. And I was confronted with teachers that were quite obviously pressing an ideology that I was not being brought up to embrace, for one thing. My parents are conservative. Um but I just instinctively knew was a little bit off. And so I was wondering, uh, Kemsev, did you, before I talk about what I experienced, did you feel like you uh, were, and this is kind of a leading question, but I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get the answer I'm looking for, so you have to bear with me. Uh, did you experience any political correctness or, you know, or any uh, of the little hot-button issues like... Uh, sexual harassment and bullying did you experience any of those indoctrinizing concepts in junior okay. senior high junior senior high i think i'm gonna go into eighth grade okay science everything was going fine we're learning everything then one day we get this little um sheet we have to take to our parents we're going to be um, learning something very controversial, and we need to um, have our parents' permission to let, learn it. Let, let me guess. Let me guess what it was. The water cycle. What? <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. We're going to be we're going to be learning something very controversial. 
that humans have evolved. <laughs> and I actually had one girl in my class whose um, parents said that she's not to learn about evolution, and she had some weird other subject that she had to learn, like, and she'd actually had to go like to like the library to learn. It's like, isn't that ridiculous that in this day and age, where the science is just our knowledge of, of the world around us is getting even better and better, that teacher ha a teacher has to ask permission to teach them science. Well, you know, Kemslave, I am totally sympathetic to you about this one specific issue. But I'll be honest with you, I was not... <laughs> I, I was not aiming uh, for this direction, but yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. Um, I was not confronted with that specific issue because they just taught us evolution, and they didn't have us sign any forms or anything. Uh, at my school, at my high school, at least, we didn't broach the subject until tenth uh, grade, biology. But uh, when we did talk about it. We talked about it, and there, there was really no getting out of it. I'm sure parents could have made arrangements behind the scenes, uh, but it was not presented to us up front that we could, uh, you know, uh, get out of it. And I think that you're right. That's a good thing. Uh, science in this regard has progressed to such an extent that we have a very clear and very well-established fossil record of uh, late-stage proto-humans. Well, what I mean by that is Neanderthal, uh, Homo erectus, um, other species like Homo rudolfensis, Homo heidelbergensis, uh, species like that. We have quite a few, uh, quite a few examples of, and there, there's quite obviously a, a chain linking them to us in some way. Now it's controversial how, uh, but this isn't an evolution show. Uh, yeah, I know, I know that, but this is pissing me off. I know. And, because evolution is a science. It is a science. You, you can see it all around you. Well, like, one example. Methicillin-resistant Staphylococcus aureus, a.k.a. MRSA, which is resistant to, like, like a craplet of our, like, uh, medication. Yeah. Uh, what creationists, which is what that one girl was and her parents, what they would say is microevolution is undeniable. But evolution across species is deniable, and there's no firm evidence that that happens. And unfortunately, they're half right when they say that. Because one of the things that's glossed over in the discussion of evolution is the fact that we really don't have any verifiable uh, example in our lifetime, or within several lifetimes, but we, we haven't been able to identify in any scientific sense a new species emerge from a pre-existing species. I will um, um, not agree with that. Well, are you talking on the molecular level with the, the, the MRSA virus? Um, or are you because any I'm I'm talking about a multicellular complex organism, organisms that you can see with the naked eye. Okay, if you if you want to go that level, then yes, then because it can be argued once you get to the uh, atomic, uh, not atomic level, I guess, but once you get to the microscopic level, uh, it becomes a little bit controversial. What is a species? Uh, and that can, be, a, that can be argued. Because I read this like about this study in one of um, in um, in a book that um, they took like some bacteria, and they like se like segregated into like twelve groups. Like um, they had like twelve experiments going at one time, and they um, had them separated from like they took one the one like sample and they separated into twelve, and they sort of started like growing it in like two like like um some type of um vessel um and they'd give it like the like glucose and the food and stuff and mixture in the water and every day they'd give it enough that it would um stop growing at a certain like a certain like over a day and they would take that that sample and they just make um every day they would um 
just make up a new um a new batch of the food and just take a sample of from um from the previous day's vessel and after a certain time they got one that um that multiplied like at a like a great amount uh, as opposed to all the other ones and they saw that um it um not only um evolved into eating what um the glucose or whatever but it evolved to eat one of the other like um things suspended like um added to the mixture so it um it had more food than all the other ones so it it got to uh, expand um like um like um reproduce in a i don't know how many times greater level than the other ones so we can at least prove that hey after and it was like so many generations like it was like probably like a few hundred generations that they did this for so it could say that hey this is an evolution of a of a um, species uh, some like a bacteria that we can say hey this is what happens. Yeah, well, and I don't want to get too much in the weeds because we have uh, a little bit more to talk about. But I will yes. just say that uh, that can that can still just by the just by the size of the uh, of the organism that you're talking about, that can still be classified as micro uh, evolution. And whether it's a new species or not, could 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 be conceivably debated. Now, I, I, make no mistake, I am a a strident uh, evolutionary believer. I'm a I'm a, I am a Evolution via natural selection proponent from here to eternity, uh, and the science does support that. Uh, but you know, uh, school districts need to be sensitive to people's religions and people's sensibilities. And no, R science is science. There's no rel um, religious sensibilities um, should be no, not not be t accounted for. It's science. Well then, what about global warming? What about it? Well, I was taught that as if that was a fact. My uh, 10th grade biology teacher in the same year that we were taught about uh, Darwin and evolution, we uh, were made to watch An Inconvenient Truth. What? Yep. By the way, that teacher should have been fired for that, uh, <laughs> uh, regardless of anything else. Uh, but not only that, but we were provided with no contrary opinions about climate change, or at that time global warming. Climate change hadn't been adopted yet. That nomenclature. And while there is no religion that advocates climate change, <laughs> you can argue that climate change itself has become a religion for some of these people, but uh, regardless, still, people argue that the science does support man-made global warming or climate change and others argue that there is no correlation that's right and there are people that argue that evolution via natural selection does not exist it cannot possibly account for the more complex uh elements of nature for instance the eye uh i believe that to be false because you see in species today various stages of complexity in terms of eyes. Not all of them are as complex as ours. Yes, uh, and even an um, eye that doesn't see that much still might see enough. For its surroundings. Just... Yes, yes, absolutely, for its niche. There are, there are fish in uh, areas of uh, the oceans that get no sunlight whatsoever, and they still have eyes. They're dramatically atrophied. And they're next to useless. Sometimes they are useless, but they're still there. In those cases, they are vestigial organs. And that, that means they're organs that are no longer being used actively by the body for a, a necessary function. That's proof for evolution. You know, I'm, I, I do not want to uh, talk about this for too much longer. But uh, going to uh, more of the global warming aspect of it, uh, people can use the same arguments you use to teach evolution... Uh, they can use those same arguments to teach global warming as well as a man-made phenomenon. Um, and I disagree with that. I know you do as well. Uh, but that's what people do. And so we have to look out for issues of political correctness like that. And so I, I want to know, uh, in your science classes, did the issue of man-made climate change ever come up? Um, 
to my recollection, no. You're very lucky. Oh, I, I must say, my biology and environmental biology professor, uh, not professor, teacher, was the same woman, and she was a pretty radical liberal, and she was very vocal about it. So I shouldn't be too surprised, I guess. We did do, like, ecological stuff, like, about pollution and stuff, but we never went into, like, global warming. Yeah. No carbon emissions or anything like that. No eating of the ozone. Nothing like that. I think we might have done something on the ozone, but not as in going into, oh, global warming and how it's ruining the world. It's more to just the ozone loan is, uh, ozone layer is depleting because X amount of years like, um, earlier we used like CFCs and stuff like that. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good because uh, my, uh, that happened uh, with me and it was unfortunate because we uh, there were hundreds of students being taught that every year at my school. And they were not taught to investigate the issue. They were not taught that there was a separate uh, counter-argument to those issues of climate change. Uh, m most of those students left the classrooms, unless I was in the class, uh, thinking that there was only one side. Uh, 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 Man-made climate change was as undeniable as the water cycle. Or the carbon cycle. Um, and it's, that's just simply not true. Obviously. And I always pointed that out. Um, made it for some tense moments at times. But, you know, that's what happened. But, you know, uh, Chemslave, thinking of the teacher that I had who pressed this liberal stuff, I'm reminded of a big controversy that was so big that it made the local um, regional paper. And uh, do you know what the Day of Silence is? No. Take a guess what a day of what a day of silence would be. Aside from um, obviously a day when you're silent. I mean, don't give me the wise ass answer. What, what, what do you, what, what what would you just take a wild guess what a day of silence could commemorate? I really have no idea. Okay. Well, this was a day uh, to uh, acknowledge. By not speaking out, uh, the exact opposite of speaking out, by not speaking at all to acknowledge the hardships of LGBT students. What? Yep. Um, the idea being that uh, LGBT students, lesbian, gay, oh no, wait, yeah, yeah, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender students, um, were forced into silence by a unaccepting and uh, bullying culture, so to speak. Uh, and we, um, so the day of silence was you were supposed to for uh, some day, and it was purposely a school day. This was a school-related protest. You would not talk at all for that day. You signed a oh. pledge. You wore this rainbow sticker with a ribbon on it. Um, and my, that, that one teacher was uh, the head of the LGBT club. We had a club for that. Oh, boy. Yep. Yep. And um, so uh, so that was a big controversy because I think the school district one year uh, did not allow us to do it. Uh, they wouldn't. I uh, know what well, they 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 allowed it, but they said that if a teacher wanted a student to say something, they had the right to force that student to say something, or else that student could face uh, the the disciplinary uh, issues that would arise from that at any other time. So your your the, the school district did right did right though. Uh, yes, and I don't believe they backed down. And the uh, the uh, local paper, the Press Enterprise, got wind of this. And they actually sent reporters onto the school grounds, and our assistant principal at the time uh, stood at the gates and wouldn't let him, wouldn't let the photographer in. And, <laughs> and 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 there was some really snarky headlines for days after that. Um, it was kind of kind of humorous to see. This was about five or six years ago. And uh, you know, it's just. The level of political correctness that has entered into the curriculum of these schools is outrageous. We are taught about global warming. We're taught about LGBT uh, activism. Uh, 
at a time when our reading comprehension scores are going down the shitter, when we are increasingly less able to count, to do basic arithmetic, when we have very little idea about what happened in the past in our country and in the history of the world. And yet, school districts, or at least teachers, are trying to focus on issues like global warming and days of silence. Uh, now, Kemslave, it sounds like you might have actually had a more conservative education than I did. Uh, what do you, In high school... How did they handle history, uh, grammar, and um, and science? Did you uh, did, uh, did you think they focused on the right things, or did uh, did you really feel like you were just being shuffled along? Um, I think I'll I'll deal with um several topics that you didn't ask math. I think my math education was uh, great, like. I took calculus in senior year and up to like maybe cal like at the end of calc two, somewhere in the middle to end of calc two. Um, I, all the topics that we were covering in calc two and in college were things I went over in like in high school. So my mathematical education was in my opinion, great. I had some really great teachers. Um, history. My, um, one history teacher, I didn't like him that much. I think the way he was teaching the class was slightly counterproductive to a, a good teaching environment. In what way? Forced, In what way? Forced us to have two notebooks, and somehow these two notebooks, where we do like homework and stuff in one, or not even homework, like we do like like all our note taken in one notebook, and then another notebook we'd be doing something totally different. Where I, I sort of understand the like need of having a separate notebook for like notes and a separate notebook for like doing like some type of class seven or something. I normally like for me, I normally like like to dip both in the same like in the same notebook because I'd sort of be able to sort of see, hey, I, my notes and my like whatever classwork we're doing, like like doing stuff off the board or or whatever, we sort of have like this progression of notes plus then learned whatever we were sort of going over other stuff it was sort of sort of confused me more than than it should have there's no other teacher that's that type of stuff it's only him but truthfully we truthfully um i had a pretty conservative um school um school, uh, teachers at school for the most part my other history teacher was more of a seemed to be more of an activist type. Um, he was sort of more liberal because he'd actually allow us to have like um, class discussions and like almost every every other, like every class or every other class we'd like do like a class discussion of like whatever we were learning that day. And he started off like the the school year with like um, he had like certain like segments of several movies. And he'd like put in one tape, play the few like a minute or two of dialogue, take it out and put another one. And he had like a clip from like night the uh, movie nineteen eighty four, and several other movies. Where it sort of he made us think, which I, I thought was um was great. And our science my science um, teacher in high school, he. Later on, I left the high school and uh, I was like had some type of assistant professorship up at Bloomsburg. So um, I think I am one of probably few that um, in most aspects had a good education. Well, that's good. That's very good. Yeah. Now I had an overall decent education as well, but my I I did have a bit more of an activist education, I guess, and. Uh, you know, I'm looking at some stories that we have here, and when I when I think about activist teachers, perhaps nothing epitomizes that more than that idiot Wisconsin teacher a few months ago that allowed her kids. Now this was a fourth grade class. That allowed her kids to, um, oh his kids. I'm sorry, this is a, a male teacher that allowed his kids to protest 
the governor of Wisconsin in uh, the state capitol? Do you recall oh, this? I've, I've seen the article. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and now, uh, now Chemslave, I don't need to tell you how inappropriate this is. This is highly, highly inappropriate. Uh, but I could, I could easily see some of my teachers from high school uh, doing this. Now, I grew up at a time when, uh, when I was in fourth grade, that would have had to have been ninety-seven, maybe. Nine, no, let's see, maybe. I get 96, 97? No, maybe 98. No, actually, it might have been 98. Uh, but th that was just early enough that I don't think this would have been a, uh, been able to fly. At least not in Pennsylvania. Uh, but what do you think about this? What do you think about teachers who uh, have their students protest an issue at a young age. What do you think about that? Oh, I, I did this. I was a member of a, pro, a student protest. Of what? Our school, um, probably many schools in the area and in, in the state, had the um, um, organization called POD. Peep, um, Pennsylvanians Against Underage Drinking. See, I didn't believe in it believe in their message at all but i knew that they'd be going on some type of field trip to the state capitol because i heard about this so guess what i tried to get out of class and we went down to um harrisburg one day and there was this big like a uh, rally where people we were like rolling kegs down at the capitol and protesting underage drinking events I really don't remember what the, the whole message was, but I remember like uh, me and uh, several other delinquents who, uh, who I know they went drinking, like um, did a lot of drinking, like as um, like out in the bush every every weekend. Um, we like photobombed like other groups, like pictures and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I was gonna say you don't remember it because you were sloshed the whole time. I wish. That would that would have been funny. You would have been a little bit too young for that, but that that would have been funny. Um, wait, no, wait. Uh, well, yeah, you would have been young anyway. But you said high school, didn't you? Yeah, probably. This was probably around like eighth, ninth grade. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was envisioning like elementary school. No. Yeah, no. In a, that is uh, that's not as controversial, and that no one wants to see people drunk drive. So. You know, if this was about the whole uh, thing is to organize students to do these um, protests. This was school during school. Yeah, when we, you could have been learning stuff. Exactly. Now the argument would go that you were learning stuff. You're learning about citizen activism. You were learning about uh, why you should not uh, drink and drive. You know all that stuff. But at the end of the day, common sense tells you not to drink and drive. And if you're and and if you're not smart enough not to not to do that. Um, but, but well, if you're not smart enough to uh, stop yourself from from drinking and driving, then that little protest afternoon is not gonna not gonna save you, in my opinion. And uh, and at that time, that sounds like it could have been better served uh, looking at the history of the United States or looking at sentence construction or how to uh, multiply by integers or something other yes. than other than that. I could have been learning about Carrie Nation. About what? Carrie Nation. During What's... the temperance movement, there's this crazy woman, like 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 older woman, named like Carrie Ann Nation or Carrie Nation, and she would like go into saloons with a with an axe and just smash the place to pieces. I don't recall hearing about this woman. One of the great things about my history education is I learned about her. Hmm. You know, I've, I've never been too interested in the temperance movement because I thought it was a ridiculous movement. Uh, but e even so, uh, that, that is pretty awesome, this, uh, this battle. <laughs> you know what? Uh, have you ever heard somebody refer to a woman as a battle axe? Um, yes. Maybe that's the origin, the origin of, that, um, of that phrase, calling somebody a battle axe. Maybe that's uh, a callback to Carrie Nation.
She described herself as a bulldog running along at the feet of Jesus, barking at what he doesn't like. I, yeah, all these temperance people uh, claimed to be doing this in the in the uh, you know in the vein of religion. But is it, communion is taken with wine, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So uh, that's alcohol uh, right there. Um, oftentimes in medieval and uh, in pre-medieval societies, the only safe drinking water would be uh, alcoholic beverages. Well, of course, I wouldn't be drinking water, but you know what I mean. The only safe uh, drinkable liquid would be beer um, or some other kind of alcoholic beverage, mead. Um, so, you know, historically, that's just a, a stupid uh, stance to take. But at least you learned about that woman. Uh, you know, I learned about... Oh, boy, what did I learn? You know, I learned about how Christopher Columbus uh, killed off all the Indians by disease. Uh, my education made it sound like he stepped one foot in, on um, on Hispaniola and the whole uh, New World just killed over of syphilis. See, I didn't learn about that until um, college. <laughs> uh, that's a gross distortion of history, I might add. But um, at least you waited until college, until getting that bullshit uh, line of history. Um, but yeah, yeah. All right. So what do you think about uh, the SATs? Oh, boy. I think they um, oversimplify the knowledge that um, a student can get. That, uh, I, I agree with you to some extent, but I also think the SATs uh, unfairly uh, test students against subjects that they might not be very good at and might not have relevance to their future plans in college and in the and in the the job environment um like for me for instance i got fantastic scores in reading comprehension and writing but my math scores were were so bad that i took it a second time because i you know i just couldn't live with those scores my dog could have gotten a better score than i did for math and uh that could have harmed me if i didn't uh, retake that test that could have prevented me from going to the college I wanted to go to, for instance. That's uh, an unnecessary axe to, uh, to hold over the head of a, of a, of a student, in my opinion. I, I, I don't necessarily know what, what it's supposed to evaluate, uh, because these are random questions uh, that I, I, you know, test knowledge of very specific you know, issues, very specific questions, I, I never got the impression, though, that it was an accurate gauge of the overall quality of my education. Well, that's the truth of all, all these types of standardized tests. Like Absolutely. The that's PSSAs, why we... the SATs, because they only focus on one thing. It's like most – your education just doesn't stand um, – it's just isn't just based on reading comprehension. And if you know what um, – yeah, um, what um, some, like, really, like um, – advanced words that you can probably only read only read have only ever read like on the sat and maybe if you like read like some type of like um masters like um like, like some type of dissertation or you'll never see these words ever again or math not every like um person needs to be able to do like um derivatives and stuff amen brother there's other subjects like science and history that are just not touched upon on the, on on standards standardized tests. Yeah, that always got me that history was deemed unimportant enough not to include in the SATs and things like that. Now, our state testing, which I don't know if you uh, had or not, did you take the PSSAs? I think all public schools in PA have to take it. Well, they did, but uh, some uh, some of those tests were just instituted not too long ago. Uh, so I didn't know how many of them you had to take. Yeah, uh, I took the PSSAs in 8th grade and 11th grade, and I think I probably took some type of test like earlier than that, too. Yeah, for the longest time, it was 4th grade, 8th grade, and 12th grade. Um, now, that's what I did. Actually, no, I, I missed... I 11th grade. I, I, I meant 11th grade, not 12th. I'm 11th. Uh, because 12th grade was reserved for those people that failed sections of the PSSAs to have to take remedial classes. Oh, them dunces. 
<laughs> that was me. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I know you knew. That's. Uh, uh, I I I did so poorly. And the by the way, for people that don't live in Pennsylvania, PSSA stands for Pennsylvania State uh, System of Assessment or something like that. So, so something, something useless. like that. Yes, it, useless. Uh, it's universally hated. The teachers need to to teach to the PSSAs. They have little codes that they uh, post and that they have to form the curriculum around. It's just terrible. Uh, they, they oh. What? You you've, you have no idea how terrible it is. I had a class in 11th grade. Guess what it was? What? PSSA review. I we never had a class had that. where we reviewed for the PSSAs. Your school must have ranked pretty lowly that I had Our, to do that. My school sucks, but... And it's starting to suck even more, but that'll probably be that's more of a topic for tomorrow's show than anything else. All right. But um well yeah. The the uh the PSSA included history. It did include history and inclu- and some of the newer PSSA tests that you might not have gotten. And uh I think this was only applied to the one I took in eleventh grade. And I'm a year behind you. Uh they introduced science that year and history had been in the PSSAs for a little bit before then. So they're broadening that. The science one was um, um, some type of modified version. Well, it was modified in that it it, it covers science now. Uh, PSSA is never used to cover science. Uh, but I mean, the PSSAs are several tests that you take throughout the course of a year. Now you have one PSSA test that is math, one is reading, one's history, now one's science. Uh, so yeah, they're all modified, but they all fall under the PSSA guidelines. Um, and teachers need to teach to those tests, or else uh, the students may not be well prepared for those tests, and then the school will be made to look like it's terrible. So, there you go. Do you recall your scores for PSSAs? Did you do well? Um. I think I, I did well enough. I think I did like um better than advanced, me. Advanced, I think on both of them or whatever. Proficient and advanced. I think advanced was the um, mathematics and proficient was in um in English writing or whatever it was. Yeah, I don't know what the hell I got. I, I was probably proficient or advanced at at uh, reading comprehension, but <laughs> I did so. T- I uh I think I did. Poor. I think poor was uh, the lowest you could get, and I did that for math. And I had to go in 12th grade into remedial PSSA math. I had to take a test at the end of that. That was for one semester. But yeah, so that that's just this is uh, this is kind of what we're going to be closing on. Um, it's this is the example of what is wrong with American schools in terms of curriculum today. Teachers are teaching to these tests, and these students are being tested on predetermined uh, curricula that really have no bearing on what kind of education they had, what their real knowledge is, what their potential is. Um, These tests are made almost to the detriment of students, and very much so to the detriment of schools, because these tests artificially make schools appear less effective than they are in reality. And the fixes that the Pennsylvania uh, Board of Education, and this goes for most states, the fixes that they implement on failing schools are just they just don't do anything to help the students. All that these fixes do is make the teachers teach to the test. And at the end of the day, that's that's not what education should be about. It just isn't. I think another thing to add to the whole thing, which is my one of my pet peeves. All right. Is um, summer school. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, what about that? 
I truthfully, I think if you fail a class, you should stay back a year. We should not be sort of like pushing you along. Like sort of you, you can fail the like, like English or math, and then we'll give you a, a short course during the summer. We'll take that, and if you you pass that this time, you can go on to the next grade. I like from what I hear from my parents telling me about like education in Poland. Truthfully, you fail. Guess what? You failed. You're taking it again. There's no this like pushing you along. Just you just need to go go through high school. It's sort of like this whole George Carlin quote where he said like pretty soon you'll be pretty much you're just to, to get into um, college. You just need a fucking pencil. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know I can see both sides of that issue though, because some students are just really not cut out for a specific subject. And uh, I don't necessarily see the problem in dragging students in in the summertime and everybody else has off and uh, making them, you know, study and uh, pass to an extent that they can be given credit for that class. I don't, I don't necessarily uh, think that's getting off too easy. Um, I'm know. not saying it's getting off too easy. It's just sort of, if you fail, you should redo it the whole year over again. It's not this like, I know other people will be doing, going out, having fun while you're in school learning again. But truthfully, it's, it, it sort of seems to be this way of just sort of allowing kids to just get by. It was like in New York, the um, school, um, like there was like some, like a low performing high school in Manhattan. Um, pretty much um, decided that if you get like a failing score of 50 to 55, you'll automatically get 15 points for a passing 65 to 70 grade if you pass a Regents uh, exam. Or you can, um, with, um, a student with a fail, um, who failed the class could be assigned a work project or work pro project to um, not exceed five pages or some type of alternate project that, um, Sort of could you can um, pass class without actually doing much of anything. You can sort of breeze by school. And this, this is that's the whole thing that's wrong with education. Where we don't try to actually educate people. We just sort of try to shuffle them along on the path to um, graduation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I do agree with that sentiment. I do. Uh, and you know what? Uh, thinking about it, I I also agree with you. I guess uh, about a student can, if they fail a specific subject, especially in middle school and high school, they can be made to retake that subject the next year, but still progress with the rest of their classmates and all the other subjects. But yes, they, uh, so they could be. They could fail in ninth grade English, and in, and when they are in tenth grade, they still need to take ninth grade English. I could see that. So I was taking like um like in high school, I I advanced a year in um in mathematics. So me uh, and uh, well, many aren't others you so were special. Doing. Yeah. So many of us were taking like um ninth grade English, while other people are taking eighth grade English or. Ninth grade math, when everyone else, which is, was algebra, while everyone else was taking um, eighth grade um, math. So, you, there's no other, there shouldn't be no way of saying, oh, you know, you're not staying back the whole year for all your classes, it's just that one. Or if you're in elementary school, yeah, I'll stay back the whole year. Oh, well, yeah, no, if you're in elementary school and you're failing whole subjects, that's there, there's something wrong about that. And it's not unusual for elementary school aged kids to be held back a year for maturity uh, reasons. Although they can also be held back for other reasons th that are not good. And we like, will be talking about them on Wednesday. Actually, no, that's probably more Friday. Uh, well, well, actually, that could be a, uh, uh, we might be touching on that on both days. Now that I think about it. Um... All right, so before so as we leave, I just wanted to uh, get a a a uh, brief look at not only our perceptions of how we did, but just you know in general nationwide. You know, Kim Slave, do you think the um, education system in terms of curriculum is uh, serving 
young people well, or do you think it needs to be fixed? And if you do think it needs to be fixed, how? Well, truthfully, I don't know 100%, but I know I've watched several documentaries on this. I think one of them was like, I think one of those, um, George Stossel or whatever um, reports where he did the, a whole like thing about like education. In American education, like like according to some like international test, America's like way behind a lot of other countries like Korea, even like like um like European countries like countries that you sort of, especially with like American like look at the world it's like oh Paul I'm stupid and stuff. No, the um, Polish students were doing um like were like several steps um like um, above the United States. I think the Czech Republic. Like a lot of the countries, like in like Europe, were like doing a whole crap of um, um, better. Like I think the United States was like twenty fourth or something. All the, like I think Poland was like an eighteen and stuff like that. So America is falling behind other countries in um, in terms of education. I uh, I do agree with you, but I would also ca- caution you. Uh, a lot of these international. Uh, studies and things like that do tend to be heavily anti-American. There's an anti-American bias uh, in the UN and in the European agencies that tend to rate these things. Um, So I I would keep that in mind. But I also have no trouble believing that some countries that are growing rapidly, like uh, Asian countries, Korea, uh, China even, Japan, um, and recently liberated Eastern European countries such as uh, the Czech Republic, Poland, uh, those Eastern Bloc countries, I wouldn't be surprised if just by the sheer necessity of needing to grow and needing to uh, rise out of the current situation that they would have, <clears throat> excuse me, rather rigorous uh, academic standards, whereas America is kind of lapsing into decadence a little bit, kind of being a little complacent in terms of their uh, educational outlook. And in that sense, I think there's no question. Uh, the focus on a liberal, uh, multifaceted, uh, inclusive environment for learning is a a positive one in the main, but it's being taken too far. And we are getting pelted with uh, the need to study things like environmental issues at the expense of learning about history, math, you know, and uh, more grounded science topics. And there needs to be a renewed focus on reading, writing, and arithmetic. But there also needs to be an investment into extracurricular activities such as sports and um, the arts, like uh, uh, music, uh, band and uh, chorus or theater, uh, uh, the fine arts, uh, painting, uh, craftsmanship, you know, things like that. Uh, Because that also helps students uh, stay within the school walls after the school is officially ended. Uh, helps them stay focused, helps them remain engaged with uh, students that also want to be engaged. Uh, and uh, th- there's a a virtuous cycle and a strong extracurricular ecosystem in a school, which is being just decimated by budget cuts. Budget well, cuts. What? What was that? My school, they cut budgets and they cut sports, but one sport... We still invest a whole crap load more into than anything else. Football. Oh yes. Um, my town is a drinking town with a football problem. Yeah, unfortunately for your town, and I'm not gonna say that town because I know you're a little bit paranoid. Uh, your town has a sucky football team this year. I don't even like football. I don't even follow it, and they've done so badly. I know about it. Is it badly? Oh yeah, terrible. Not not even not even close to being uh, good. It's 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 embarrassing how bad they've been and for the past couple of years too. I thought they were winning. Nope. Mm. Not important. No. Well, I you know, they might have won that one game uh, that they were playing that makeup day 
outside your bedroom window when we were trying to record. Do you recall that? Oh yeah, um, explosions going off all over the place. Yeah, was it? Didn't we hear uh, a drum from the band? Um, no, it was actually fireworks, and probably drumming as well. I was gonna say I knew we got fireworks, but I thought we got uh, some of the drums as well. I don't know, but yeah, you're uh, uh, you mentioned a fantastic th- uh, point. Uh, oftentimes there'll be like a, a a pet sport, usually football, but sometimes soccer. Uh, Seldom, but sometimes of uh, baseball, um, th- that a school district nurtures because they have a history of being good at it. Uh, but all other extracurriculars just fall by the wayside, and it's it's almost as bad as having no extracurriculars at all, because that creates an elite cast of students. Yeah, it's the same thing, and all this has to do with the curriculum. All this has to do with success in the school. And until we have a balanced approach of having good reading, good uh, writing, good arithmetic, a, a, a good core studies, with none of this cruft, uh, you know, bullshit, coupled with a uh, successful and vibrant extracurricular uh, ecosystem, uh, then you, I think that's a powerful uh, effect. I think you start to see... Uh, grades rise and uh, more knowledge being imparted onto the students, in my opinion. All right. Uh, you know, Chemslave, do we have anything else to talk about today? Um, I don't think so. Neither do I. Well, this marks the end of the first part of our first special on uh, education. So for those of you who are subscribed to the podcast, you can tune back in on Wednesday. And uh, listen to part two, where we talk about health issues in the school. And um, until then, have a stay. Uh, you know, have a good week. Me too.